Heavenly Father, your word says that you are particularly close to those who are brokenhearted. So we trust that tonight you are particularly close to us, especially to those of us who have come here to this place around this altar tonight to pray for our beloved dead, who we miss more than we can tell. Strengthen our hope and keep our eyes fixed on your son and help us to leave here confident that we will see those we love again. All this we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I want to welcome you all here tonight. As I watch the video, you don't realize as pastor of a parish just how much you enter into people's lives um, and how many and at very difficult times. And so I'm, I'm very honored to be here with you today as we pray for all of our loved ones we have lost this year. And this year for me, the Remembrance Mass is a little different than years before because I'm with you this year. I lost my mom in January, and so I grieve in a different way this year than in past years. November is traditionally in the Catholic Church the month in which we pray for those who have died. And this year we celebrate the Remembrance Mass on the Feast of All Saints, which should give us a great deal of hope. That there is a whole cloud of witnesses that have gone before us and that await our return to heaven. However, we live in a culture that has a rather deformed understanding of grief, and it would be worth asking if our culture even knows how to grieve. I see it a lot as a priest. When my mom was dying in the hospital, I remember talking to the doctor and I said to him, I don't know how people do this without faith. And he looked at me and said, they don't. They don't. I have never been more grateful for the Catholic faith than I was when my mom died. And I've never been more grateful for the priesthood and Jesus Christ. I want to look first at death from God's perspective. And I don't know of a better story to manifest this to us than the story of Lazarus. You know, when Lazarus was sick and Mary and Martha sent for Jesus and it said, when Jesus heard that Lazarus was sick, he remained where he was for two days. I don't know about you, but when your loved one was dying, do you ever remember asking God, where are you? Where are you? Why are you doing this? Why are you prolonging this? Why won't you come? And that's exactly the movement of the heart of Martha and Mary. Those who have buried someone this year can say with Mary, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. My husband, my friend, my mother wouldn't have died. Jesus knows he's going to raise Lazarus from the dead. And when he meets Mary, he doesn't tell her, hey, it's okay, I got this. 
He weeps. He weeps. God's perspective on death is to weep. And for those of us who are still weeping, still suffering from our loss, understand that Jesus is with you now. With his arms around you. Holding you. But know that he doesn't stop there. God is love and love is to act and God acts. And so he stands before the tomb of a dead man. And it says he was perturbed. This is a terrible translation. The actual words say he quaked with rage. He does this because he knows the only way to get Lazarus out of the grave is to put himself into the grave. God hates death. And he will not let it live. That's God's perspective. Our loved ones are in the hands of God, as the Book of Wisdom says to us, a God who loves them, who went to the grave for them, so that we might not be imprisoned by death, but be welcomed into eternal life. And there is, as John said in our second reading, there is a paper-thin veil between us and them. And for those who have made it home, they are helping us. And for those who still await heaven, we can help them. About a month after my mom died, I was out running, and a song came on on my playlist. It's a song by a Christian band named Mercy Me. And the name of the song is Almost Home. And I literally broke down when this song came on, but I just want to read you a couple of the lyrics. I know that the cross has brought heaven to earth, but make no mistake, there is still more to come. When our flesh and our bone are no longer between where we are right now and where we're meant to be, When all that's been lost is made whole again. When these tears and this pain no longer exist. No more walking, we're running as fast as we can. For we are all almost home. That day for us is not as far as we think. And for those who are home, they cheer us on. They help us with their prayers and their love. I recently heard a beautiful analogy about this. A priest friend of mine, his name is Father Mike Schmitz, he said he's in a lot better shape than I am. He ran what's called an Ironman. An Ironman is a 2.4-mile swim, a 112-mile bike ride, and a 26.2-mile run, back-to-back-to-back, no breaks. And he said when he finished the race on the last turn, there's a 100-yard stretch. And on each side, there's benches. And everybody's in the benches. All those who have finished the race, they get cleaned up and they come and they sit in the benches and they cheer on those who are finishing the race. And the last guy came across at 1140, or so they thought. And the announcer got on and he said, everybody, before you go home, There's still one man out there. He has three miles left. And 20 minutes to make it. 
In an Ironman, you start at 7 a.m., you finish at midnight. If you finish at 12.01, you lose. And if you just swam 2.4 miles, biked 112 miles, and ran 23 miles, to finish 3 miles in 20 minutes is almost impossible. And so all the people were sitting in the bleachers and they didn't know what to do. And the announcer came on and he said, you know what? Go out and get him. Go out and bring him in. And all of these people that had run the Ironman emptied the bleachers and ran out into the night to find this guy. And when they found him, they got behind him. And they were screaming and cheering and telling him he could make it. And Father Mike said when he turned that corner for the last 100 yards, it was 11.59. And he said the van could barely run anymore. But because he had all these people behind him, he said it was so loud. The cheering for this one guy. He made it across the finish line at 11.59 and 47 seconds. And presumably collapsed. And I thought that was the greatest image for our lives as Christians. That we don't do this alone. That we cheer each other on. That we support each other. That we help each other. To finish this race well. As our beloved have. So that when we close our eyes for the last time. And we open to eternal life. That they are running towards us. And cheering us on, on the final yards before we reach heaven. The pain that death brings, is counted as nothing when we view eternal life. For those of us that run well, we will see our loved ones again. And so let us pray for each other. Let us encourage each other and let us support each other as we run this race called life so that we might run so as to win. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord, and the perpetual light shine. May they rest in peace. Amen. I invite those who are carrying candles uh, to head to the back of the church.